Come on kids, now gather round Grab a log and sit right down What's that smell? What's that sound? You're on fire, now hit the ground It's the campfire shit show And now, your camp counselors Bo Hufford and Meryl Climo. Meryl Hi how we start Meryl and I say hi yeah and then I say I'm so excited for our show today yeah or and you say hey 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 no that's what you do uh, um, hey 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 and then I say yeah tell us about the show and then I say cool I will and then I always say we're gonna have my friend Dan Bublitz on you always say that always all the time because in my mind every guest is Dan Bublitz because <laughs> I love him yeah yeah and let me tell you a little bit about him tell me okay so he's a great comedian uh, he's also his podcast, The Art of Bombing. I love it. And I think it's really a definite good listen for obviously any comedians, but then anyone in general that wants to hear how other people fail. You know, if you're listening to this, you obviously love a shit show. Yeah. And I feel like his podcast is similar in that way where it's like a lot of people talking about their quote shit show moments where they bomb on stage. And it, it's super funny. I really love it. Absolutely. And, and, and lucky for us, we had a couple cocktails right before that uh, that, we, that, that recording. I was fine. Well, he did. This is, yeah. No, he did. He, yeah, but he held his shit. <laughs> well, anyway. You're so protective. Future you really gets <laughs> drunk in this episode. And future me is not too pleased about it. But future Dan Bublitz handled it well because he has also co-produced live shows with Dana Carvey, Kevin Pollock, Theo Vaughn, and more. He helped launch the San Diego Comedy Festival and uh, has done a bunch of shows that you can see on TV, specials, all that stuff. Yeah. Okay, are you too, Are you okay to get into the sleeping bag? Uh, I think future you might throw up in the sleeping future bag. Future me might be a little lit up if we do this. Yep. But let's try anyway. Okay. Let's get into the sleeping bag with... Dan Bublitz. <laughs> so so here's, the, here's the deal. Here's the deal. I'm not going to lie about this. Uh, we started this episode a little hot. Uh, we were in the bar for probably 45 Longer minutes to an hour. <laughs> mm-hmm. We got uh, Dan liquored the fuck up. And then Meryl immediately was like, I hate when people do drunk podcasts. So, so annoying to me. What I'm going to do is get drunk. It's so it's very like sophomoric. Okay. Yeah, so, so I so, will have you know, I'm not drunk. If you think I'm drunk. I don't think you're drunk. I am not drunk. Why are you crying? <laughs> I, you're, you're hurting my pride. You don't. Why like, did you just I call an like, Uber? You I, already called an Uber. I feel like I'm being accused of being a lightweight. No, no, and no, no I'm no. offended. Not at all. No no no, 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 no. You can handle it. You're not. I had being... one drink. And yeah. You were impressed that I drank it. I, what's that about? Do people come here and not and can't handle? We throw one up. Drink? I'm just impressed because what I gave you is more than I think most people can handle. It tells me something about you. You are an alcoholic. You're an alcoholic. Because I I made you a regular drink and then I I put a Stroflow on it. And if you know what a Stroflow is, it's like a a 150 proof. Like it's, it's a really hard alcohol. And I gave you like a half inch of it. And you were just like, Hey, welcome, Grandma. Let's have a conversation. <laughs> it's like, okay, all right. I got you. I got you. <laughs> so I'm going to, uh, all I'm saying is I'm going to let Meryl lead this because thanks. she thinks I'm drunk. I'm not. 
but she thinks I am, and she's really annoyed by the idea of me oh even my God. drinking. Okay, I know that he's drunk when his mother issues come out on me. Are you married? Mommy. No, no I'm not. not. <laughs> no, to each other. No. <laughs> no, no, I have a whole separate oh other like, boyfriend. Are you sure you're <laughs> not the couple here? That's our <laughs> number one <laughs> email that we yeah. get. So you guys love each other, right? We're like, well, we do love each other, but it's not in that way. I'm, I'm detecting a lot of tension between the two. <laughs> you know two. what? Let's get into it. Let's get into that. Let's get into it that. Is, we both have the wonderful thing of having our relationship and then a whole other separate relationship. So I yeah. get I get two relationships that I like don't sleep with people and like get in fights with everyone. And like, I love there's a have, man always I mad at me. I love you have two relationships that you don't sleep <laughs> yeah, with anybody. Yeah, I'm like, I, I mix up how long both of us. the worst of both <laughs> yeah, relationships. Yeah, it's just two men like working out their mother issues on me. But um. Okay, wait, we were talking really quick before about Colorado, and I said Colorado seems too, like, healthy and happy for me, because you mm, just yeah. moved there. Well, yeah. you know, it's happy because le- weed's legal there. That's why it's yeah. happy there. Everybody's high. Are you a... And also, now, like, I, and I'm not sure if it's just Colorado, if it's Colorado or just Denver, but, like, uh, like mushrooms, like, halluc- hallucinogens oh, yeah. are legal, are there now, too. Like In Denver? I think it is. Oh, yeah, you don't like, even like know. Micro-do- I haven't lived there long enough to. It sounds like you don't know, really. But I you've don't. been You're doing right. a lot of mushrooms. I have not done mushrooms, but if I'm being honest, I would like to do mushrooms. You've That's never done mushrooms. The hardest drug that I've ever done, aside from drinking alcohol, because that is honestly <laughs> a drug, one, yeah. well, it is a drug, and it's one of the harder ones. People will say it's not, but it is. The hardest drug I've ever done is marijuana. So. I would like to do shrooms. That's Gosh. the only drug I remember that's like be- I rem- on my bucket list. I remember being a teenager. I do. <laughs> it was so great. How good for you and your family. Um, <laughs> I want a microdose off ketamine. Slow, you know what? Uh, hold down. on. We're going to take a break. We're going to do some mushrooms. We'll be right back after <laughs> these messages. Everyone's purple. I'm hearing key lime pie. Um, okay, so wait. I'm just sleeping now. We're kind of, I feel like we're like little pod cousins. Because I've always been, I feel like we're uh, we're on kind of the same episodes in the two hundred and something mix. Yeah, yeah been going for yeah. five years, and I, I, I always and feel like my, you did my podcast. I know I did, but was I even a comic then? Or like, what, it's just so funny. Uh, I think I did you, three shows. Are you a comic now? I have <laughs> bombed enough. <laughs> I at least qualify for his show, which is like I have bombs. So I'm like, I, I may not be like a professional, but I I've bombed. I think when you did it, you were maybe just starting comedy, but we were more talking about podcasting because even though yes. so my podcast is pretty much comedy like that's the core of it and I talk to comedians I do sometimes like go outside of that and talk to other performing artists yeah. mm. so you know like and I've even talked to like entrepreneurs and stuff because there's bombing in everything definitely so I've, you know I've talked to dancers I've talked to business people podcasters things like that so I think at that time we mostly concentrated on podcasting but you were just starting comedy. Oh, that's right. In morning radio too, because morning, yes. that's right. Cause I was yep. telling you how there's nothing quite like bombing on the radio and you get yes. instant feedback because yep. then you'll do something and it's like, okay, caller number nine. And we don't even get like caller number one. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, It was a new way for me to bomb for sure. So yeah. Explain exactly what your podcast is yeah, for our yeah. listeners, just okay. so they, they a have one. a grasp on what you're out there doing. Okay, so my podcast is called The Art of Bombing. It is, it's not a podcast about terrorists. Let's get that <laughs> uh, out of the way. I always, I, th- I always thought it was funny, too, because I went back and forth with the title when I first started. Uh, you know, because you look at the stats and stuff, and I noticed there was a lot of people from Virginia watching it or listening to it when it first came out. And I just imagine it was somebody from, like, the Secret Service. Or oh, my <laughs> God. Security. 
like watching it and being like, oh my God, this is so sad. Like they yeah. think it's like terrorists, like, you know, talking or whatever. And then it's just comedians being sad about bad shows. <laughs> oh. <laughs> even more depressing. Than, even more yeah, depressing yeah. than what they're like. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so what I do with my podcast, it uh, the tagline is finding uh, success through failure because that's what it is. Uh, when I started it, there there were there's always a ton of comedy podcasts, and it and not to offend people that have a comedy podcast, but every comedy podcast was pretty much the same. It yeah. was uh, like two or three male comedians talking about com- uh, comedy, yeah, interviewing other comedians, asking the same questions. You know, the typical, "How did you get into comedy?" What you know? Where 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 did you start? Like the basic stuff, and and if you did that, I don't care. I'm not trying to offend anybody with that. But there were so many of those podcasts. I knew I wanted to do a podcast. I just didn't know what. And then I had a show that I did that I I bombed so bad, like for an hour that wow. I was on the edge of quitting comedy. Like I was ready to. I'm done. I, there's no way I can do this. I called a friend. He talked me off the ledge, and then. I started thinking more about bombing and like what you can learn. Like I really started focusing on that show. What went wrong? How can I improve so it doesn't happen again as a performer? And then I realized that there wasn't, people weren't talking about that. They talk about, Oh, I had a great show. I right. Blah, right. Blah, blah. Everyone always talks nobody's about the best. On, yeah. And nobody's going online and they're like, Oh, I bombed. Probably <laughs> should quit comedy. You know, yeah. nobody's posting about <laughs> but, that. But you know that or every comic, every comic has gone through that moment. And that is what when I started, like when I was talking to my friend who talked me off that ledge, you know, we talked about it, and then I started talking to other people, and I realized that you're not really a real comedian unless you bomb. Like it's part bombing is part of the process right. of getting better. You don't learn from doing good shows. You learn from doing bad mm-hmm. shows. I think and I think that's a thing that people a lot of people say is like, "Oh, whenever I hear someone say like, I don't learn anything from failure." I'm like, what? "You're a Who fucking idiot." That? I've heard people say that. that I, and that's I, people straight up. that aren't paying close enough attention to failure. I'm just like, <laughs> "Failure is my number one yeah. goal." Like yeah. if I can yep. fail and fail the hardest I can, You're so good I know at that. I, I know I'm in the right space <laughs> if I am able to fail and then grow from that. I just so, want to let everybody know it is tense here. <laughs> As being in the Meryl, room with these two, I, it hey, is awkward. I feel weird. You're not I'm wrong. Like, you're not wrong. Should I take th- out the bag? <laughs> <laughs> that's what if I asked. you would have saw the look they just gave each other, you get it. <laughs> the truth is this. is Meryl wants to see me fail. Never, ever, do. ever. Then why would you say such a thing? Because I like to bust your balls. Okay, so you're just a ball I buster. Like, I I want. I am your number one. I'm your number three supporter. <laughs> Why would you like to see me? <laughs> hey, fuck you, dude. Wait, I want to. I want to hear about the show. You don't have to go into like full detail. But was it a corporate gig that you that you're you know your first bomb, it was, it so was, to say? Yeah. Well, that wasn't my first bomb. It was the first bomb that I was aware of. Like, okay. Mm. And it was because it was a paid gig. It was a corporate gig. And I yeah, I'm just like oh this was a terrible feeling. No, I don't I don't want you to be vague about this. I want you to actually tell us about the bomb. You want you want to hear Yeah, we want to hear a podcast right, called The that. Art of Bombing. I know. Can but, you please just talk well, about the bomb? And this this actually this was the show that inspired the podcast. It really was. But kind of go I'll I'll tell the story, but real quick, I want to add that when I started talking to other people, I realized that everybody in comedy bombs 
and that's when I decided to make the podcast mm-hmm. because it was like nobody's talking about it. Here is an angle on comedy that it's not just every other comedy podcast. It's something different. So it has its way of standing out. And right. I was like, mm-hmm. all right, everybody does this. I'm not the only person that bombs in comedy. Everybody's had those moments. Now let's, I want to go talk to people about that and see what I can learn from their experiences. And that's right. what inspired the podcast. But ultimately, that corporate gig is what spawned me to do this because I did, it was, uh, uh, I got booked because my aunt and uncle were on the board for, so they were both EMTs essentially. And in South Dakota, a lot of like your firefighters and your EMTs and things like that, like the EMS emergency emergency medical services are volunteers right that's it's mostly volunteer there's maybe in the bigger cities they have like where you get paid for the firefighters and stuff like that but with that being said every year they have a conference it's called the 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 state ems conference and so what it is is bunch of the emergency medical service members get together they do a bunch of training they have workshops all day And then, you know, they have a little bit of, they try to do like entertainment, things like that. That particular year, my aunt and uncle were on the board, the planning board for this convention. And they reached out to me and they're like, hey, we would love to do a comedy show. What, you know, what would you charge? And I had just moved back to South Dakota uh, that earlier that year. And I was like, well, it's my aunt and uncle. This would be a good way to, you know, do something different right. because it's my aunt and uncle. I'll totally give them a discount. You know, I, this is cool. They've always been, you know, they've come to other shows and stuff that I did mm-hmm. and been supportive. So, so don't tell me how much, but what's the percentage of discount? Well, I mean, like a 50%? Honestly, I probably overcharged. You <laughs> 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 overcharged after, double. I was okay. like, after, after I had that performance, I probably <laughs> overcharged. <laughs> okay, okay. So we're set up. You got family. They believe in you. They want you to come yeah. to this thing. They're trying to give you a bone. You're trying to give them a discount. Exactly. So you go I'm into like, this okay, going like, yeah. I got you. I got you. For sure. So they, 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 they end up booking me to do uh, comedy at this convention. Uh, and I'm going to do it on Saturday. And originally when it was, when we kind of did the arrangements, the, the, the idea was that I was going to perform during the dinner. Ooh, well, (laughs) that's tough. Well, in hindsight, now that I, you know, I'm further on in my career now, even, you know, because I didn't end up performing during dinner, but that wouldn't have been a good idea. We're right. Because nothing, nothing makes laughter, uh, bigger than a mouthful of steak and potatoes. <laughs> exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah, so yeah. like, and going to the yeah. buffet and getting food. Yeah, clink, yeah. clink, clink. <laughs> yes, ha-ha. Right, yeah, okay. exactly. But that was the original agreement. Well, when I got there, they threw an audible at me. They're mm. like, hey, we, we, we would rather have you go on after our awards ceremony. And I was like, I mean, I was still, I was like five or six years into comedy then. But not, I hadn't done enough corporate gigs to, to really know, you know, where to stand my ground and the mm-hmm. questions to ask and things so like is, that. So they're asking you to do post-show. Yes. So yes. Post, Like everything's well, done, but wait, we've got one more thing, Steve Jobs. <laughs> it's comedy. Pretty much. Okay. So they're, and here's the thing, though. They have an award ceremony. So they do, they, they, they spend all day, you know, doing their, their workshops, conferences, all that stuff. 
guest speakers, whatever it is. Then they have the dinner. Then at, right after the dinner, they have an award ceremony. Then they have some entertainment. And even after I was done, they were having, I can't remember if they had a band playing or a DJ or something, but there, there was more entertainment. Like okay. it was supposed to go late into the night. And I got there and they're like, hey, we would like you to go after the award ceremony. Now I'm thinking, oh, okay, no big deal. The dinner's at six. They're probably do awards. I'll go up at like eight. Not a big deal. I'm not going up until like nine. I didn't realize mm. how long this ceremony was. Now, again, that goes to being an amateur and not asking the right mm -hmm. questions. Mm. I hadn't had enough experience, wasn't asking enough questions, probably wasn't asking the right questions. So I'm, oh, yeah, I'll go up whenever, you know, even though I had plans that night afterwards, I thought, oh, I'm going to go perform at <laughs> six and then I'm going to go do some stuff because it was like Halloween weekend. I had all these plans, whatever. I'm like, oh, no, I'm accommodating. I'll go whenever you want me to. This is your show. I'm here for you. Burr, 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 burr. <laughs> and I say, yeah, that's fine. Well, then I sit down. I sit with my, like, one of the people that, basically the people that are on the board, have you know, have the dinner with them or whatever. And they do the dinner, and then they do the award ceremony. And it first thing they do is they do... They do a ceremony where they, they have what they call the, uh, it's like the last rites place Jesus. setting. That sounds the last rites place setting. So what they do is they have like a, a ceremony where they bring in uh, and they, they set up a table for fallen emergency medical service people. Like oh it's like God. a tribute to them. <gasps> no. So that's how they open it. It's like, you know, like a dedication to the people okay. that they've lost over the year, whatever. So they set up the place setting. They do that ceremony. Then they start doing the award show. You know, they're giving all their different awards, whatever. You know, it's great. Now, the people that are hosting the awards, they're also a murder. They're, they're EMTs as well. You know, volunteer EMTs. Uh, it's an older gentleman, probably, I don't know, probably 60s, maybe older than that. And then another guy that I would say maybe 50s. You know, they weren't exactly the same age, but they were older and they had been working together and like hosting these awards for years. Okay. Like they've been doing it for years. Now, the older guy, he's doing comedy, but he's doing he's doing Lena and Oli jokes. And if you're not familiar with that, it's Scandinavian humor, mostly in the upper Midwest, Minnesota type street jokes, internet jokes. If you Google Lena and Oli, you'll find a ton of these jokes. What's an example? Do you have an example of the kind uh, of thing? Uh, it's like super dumb, like, like humor. It'd be like, uh, oh, God, I, I don't have anything off the top of my head. I feel like I'd and, like Scandinavian humor. And well, let's see. I like probably, Canadian humor. It's, it's pretty dumb. All right. So we've got funny Oli and Lena jokes. Yep. Lena, dare is trouble. Oh, wait, that's in a different language. Wait, it's what in a different language? Okay, nobody. No, 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 no. What the hell? This is, is a that? great that? reference. No. Oh, I should have asked. Can I swear? 
on this? Yes, like, we're chit show. Okay. This reminds me of a Johnson and Bravey skit. <laughs> you guys Johnson know Johnson and, and Bravey, right? Johnson and Bravey. They were a you know a small time nineteen uh, twenties comedy troupe. You guys all know them, Johnson and Bravey. Yeah. So yeah, nobody knows. They're central characters and jokes. Okay. By Scandinavian Americans, okay. particularly in the Upper Midwest. So Ooh. so yeah, so give us one example. I'm trying to find. One Holy that, fuck! This is this is I what know, you're putting hey, my listeners through. I they would putting, have to do you know all what? of this. They're gonna. They're, when I do a joke, one of these examples. It's gonna be worth it. They're gonna be worth it. So okay. here you go. Here right, we go. Here we, we go. Got here we go. One. I'm and just reading wait, wait, the first wait. one that I found. And go. Oli and Sven are at a funeral. Suddenly, it occurs to Oli that he doesn't remember the name of the dearly departed. Oli turns to Sven and asks, "Sven, could you remind me again who died?" Sven thinks for a moment and says, "I'm not sure." Sven points at the casket, but I think it was the guy in the box. <laughs> I love that. Wow. That's, I like that. I think that's my kind of humor. That's your kind of I humor? I think that's funnier than Dave Chappelle, like what he just said right oh, there. Dear God. Oh, wow. That's a hot take. <laughs> For real. <laughs> I swear in my life. I'm not even kidding. But I also, I'm, I'm like a Canadian humor kind of oh girl. So, yeah. Eh? So much. That's the punchline. That's day. Meryl's, her, her favorite punchline is, eh? <laughs> okay, so Sven is like a secondary comi- uh, character in okay. these jokes. Here's okay. one with Lena. Oh, my God. You're doing more. I'm doing one more. Jesus Christ. Just so they get the full. Holy okay, yeah, fuck. Yeah, Please Sven. make this better than the last well, one. I can't because <laughs> I didn't write these. Uh, Oli you? wakes up in the morning, remembering that. That it's his and Lena's 25th wedding anniversary. Oli punches Lena in the arm. Lena wakes up and asks, what was that for? Oli says, that's for 25 years of bad sex. Lena then punches Oli in the arm. Oli asks, why did you hit me? Lena says, thanks for knowing the difference. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. It's cute, old-time, good humor, and that's the kind that I like. So, okay, there's a place for it. Okay, anyway, yeah. yeah, So, anyway. There's a place, yeah. In this presentation, as they're giving awards for the the year, he's doing these jokes, and he's crushing. He's crushing. He's crushing. Oh, no. The people in the audience love this, because it's the the upper Midwest, and they love this stuff. They probably love the idea that he's doing it, too. Yeah, there's that, plus... Like she said, it's good, clean family humor. Like yeah. it's not people of all ages can enjoy it. Right. Whatever. He's crushing. He's doing this. So they're doing the awards. <laughs> they get to the very end of the ceremony and they're doing the big award, which is the EMT of the year award, which that's a great award. Right. Who saw the most death Except this year? Except when they give it to a person who just died oh, of cancer. No. Oh, no. And that's what happened. And, and the person that they gave it to, not only did oh, he die no. of cancer, he's like a saint in his community. Oh. This guy's like a, a, a deacon of his church. He's the Boy Scout leader. He's a teacher. He's a coach. He's every possible thing you can be in a small community mm. that everybody loves this person. Right. On top of all that, he's a volunteer EMT. You know, and he like, just like, died of cancer. He just oh died of cancer. God. So they show a video of the people who nominated him for the award, reading him their letter. So he's in this video. He's still alive. They're reading <laughs> well, him I mean, the, the video with him and his family. 
they you know they read the nomination letter and you know it's very emotional the crowd gets very emotional of course they're like you know crying but then after the video they do a standing ovation for this feller and rightfully so because he's literally a saint in his community and also dead and also <laughs> dead i mean if you don't stand in ovation a guy who's dead and who just passed away yeah. after a long a yeah. battle with cancer who are he's you in the box. exactly yeah. you're a terrible he's yeah the guy right. in the box oh. he's the guy in the, in the box, box. Oh. way to call it back thank you thank you <laughs> uh and rightfully so so they do they give the award and his Widow is in the front row and she's accepting the award. So then she goes up and she accepts the award. She does a little, you know, speech or whatever. Very emotional. There's still more waterworks. People are crying. She, you know, finally says goodbye. Second standing ovation. (sighs) And I know that this is the end getting near the end. Right. Close that. Then they do the closing ceremony for the last rites table Good Lord. where they come in and they, they do the, 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 they pick up the stuff and like, you know, they clean the table of all the fallen warriors of all. The, yeah. Essentially yeah. The, the emergency right. rescue people. They do that. And then the, the, one of the hosts comes up to me. He's like, Oh, you can go up whenever you're ready. And I'm like, are you not even going to introduce me? He's like, Oh, I can introduce you. What do you, you know? Okay. Oh, yeah, I can do that. And he goes up and he's like, all right, it's time for comedy. And then that pretty much my but, introduction. Okay, so so <sighs> then I have to go up and I'm like, oh, my God, I have to follow two standing ovations for a guy that just died of cancer <laughs> and got the EMT award and the la- the closing of the last rites table, the place setting. No. And, I, and as a comedian, I was like, I know that this is going to be as hard as I can. Now, in addition to this, as I'm going up on stage and I'm getting ready to take the mic, people are getting up and some people are leaving, and rightfully so. This is three hours into the night. They started this dinner at 6. It is now after 9. Homie, right now, (laughs) without you going any further, this is the worst setup for comedy ever. Absolutely. Ever. This is three hours of one event. This is following oh a gosh. whole day of workshops and you know training. No. So it's a long day. I understand why people are leaving. They're, okay, I'm done. I'm tired. I'm full. I ate. I want to go sleep or whatever. I just, yeah. I need to be out of this room. I get that. So that's happening. But in addition to that, people are getting up. And coming to the front table where the widow is. Oh, my God. To give their condolences and congratulations and all the things. And now, normally, like at a regular comedy show or something like that, like if people were getting up and going to talking to somebody, you can address it. But in a corporate situation like this and the fact that it's about uh, the saint that just, you know, lost his battle with cancer. I know as a comedian, if I say anything right yeah to that lady and those people <laughs> i am done you're right for real i lose everybody in that room for 100%. and everybody else in the hotel like they are no longer going to be my fan like they're done the whole room gets up <laughs> leaves i understand so i can't say anything to her like i'm i'm, I'm aware enough as a comedian that i know i can't do anything with that 
And I get up there and I'm like, you know, I'm like, just like, wow, give it up, you know, for that guy. And, uh, right. I, and I, I, I made it aware right away. I'm like, I don't think I can, I don't know that I can follow that. I got to do an hour of comedy and it's kind of hard to follow comedy. Wait, 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 wait. An hour. Oh, I'm so sorry. You're doing an hour of comedy. That's crazy. What the fuck? Okay. First off, fuck your aunt and step on. <laughs> it should have been like 15 minutes or something. Tops. They yeah. should have sandwiched that so differently. Nobody saw this coming. An hour of comedy after that. Yeah. But originally, it was supposed to be during the dinner before the awards ceremony. <sighs> and an hour of comedy during the dinner, yes, it would have been tough, but it wouldn't it would have, have been, been as... It would have been more tolerable yeah. than an hour of comedy yeah. after a three-hour dinner and award ceremony. Holy fuck. You know, that's the difference. That is one of the worst setups I've ever <laughs> heard for comedy. Yeah, and honestly. I addressed it right away. I was like, I don't know if I can follow this. Did you I was get, just like, yeah. So you start your comedy. Did you get any laughs at all? I did get some laughs, and I got, you know, I did get... And, and in hindsight, like, it took me a while before I went back and listened to it, like... In the moment, it felt like such a terrible experience. Yeah. But when I went back and listened to the audio, it it was bad, but it wasn't as bad as I yeah ima- like I remembered being in the moment. Like because in that moment you're dealing some, with the emotions of what's going on. You're yeah. Like, oh no! Was, I'm just yeah. like I'm panicking in my head uh-huh. of everything. So I'm just like oh. But when I listened to the recording, it wasn't as bad. As I thought. Great. We're going to play it right here. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Get, be prepared. But, and I, you know, I addressed it. I knew, like, I addressed the elephant in the room. I'm like, ah, I got to follow that. Now it's because essentially it was like, hey, guy died, hero, comedy. <laughs> you oh, know, like, yeah. it was just a weird transition. So I'm struggling through that, through the hour. And at one point, I even, I, I, I don't know. I like tripped over words or whatever. And I was like, oh, my God, maybe I'm having a stroke. This, And then I was like, if this is where I'm having a stroke, probably the best place since you're all EMTs. And that got a good reaction. That's funny. You know, yeah. Like that stuff got a, you know, pretty good reaction. So, and, then, and then the woman's like, well, at least you didn't die from cancer. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> so I get through the. And I don't even think I did the full hour. I think I did like 50 or 55 minutes. Like I could tell that they were tired. Mm. They were done. They they just and there was still more like they were having a DJ and oh a dance God. afterwards. And I could just tell that the people that were still sitting there were just done. They were full. They had drinks. It's, this is like four hours now. They're just like done Ugh. and i get it i understand that. yeah you know being around people that long is is it's very exhausting so i wrap up like i said probably 50 55 minutes i didn't do the full hour i'm sitting at the table with my aunt and uncle i'm waiting for my check now because now i have to go after that performance now i have to go collect oh. my money and Jesus. that's like the worst feeling when you know you didn't do a good yeah. job and you oh. have to be like well, I know I sucked, and I'm probably not what you thought, but uh, you still gotta pay me because I did the, you know, yeah. I did my contractual hour. So I, the lady's like, "All right, I'll be right back with your check," and she goes away. I'm sitting at the table. It's very awkward. Nobody's really saying anything. Uh, my aunt and uncle can tell that I'm pretty flustered, mm-hmm. and 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 I'm just like. The old guy that's doing all the Lena and Oli jokes comes up to me and he says, keep going, kid. You'll get there. Oh. Uh. And 
and I'm just no. like, you son of a, <laughs> you've been doing internet and street jokes. I wrote all my, I, this, I wrote this myself, you son of a bitch. And you're like, oh, I was just like, what is even happening? And then I got my check. And I left, and yeah. as I was leaving, there was a couple people out there. They're like, oh, that was a good show, you know? And maybe they were being honest, or maybe they were just trying to make me feel better because I could tell I was flustered. Either or, thanks for the compliment if you're, if you're listening to this. Uh, and I got my car, and then I had a, like an hour drive to where I was going. <laughs> and I got my car, and I was like, I'm, I called my friend, who's another comedian, and I'm like, I'm fucking done. This is it. <laughs> I, I, I'm not good at comedy. I should quit. This is... I, that was, you know. I'm sorry. I don't know anybody. <laughs> I don't know anybody who could have succeeded at that that situation. And I, and, and and he was great. He talked me off the ledge. He's like, you know what, Dan? This is not the time to think about that show. Just let it go for now. Yeah. You're wake up tomorrow. You're going to be in a different mindset. Just go and try to enjoy the rest of your night. Do your thing. Yeah. Tomorrow's a new day. It's one show, like he said, all the right things, mm-hmm. and 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 I'm gonna give a shout out to Nathan Holtz. He's a really good friend of mine. We've been friends since I started comedy. He's a great comedian in South Dakota. But he talked me off the ledge, and then that's when after that I started talking to other people about bombing. Yeah, I realized everybody did it, and nobody was really talking about it in so, that platform. So you start this podcast, The Art of Bombing, and you've been talking to comics for how many years? So five years now. I just celebrated my five-year anniversary in May. That's amazing. Yeah, we just released uh, today uh, 200. Well, I don't know when this comes out. (laughs) Six months from now. As we're recording, today was uh, episode 233. And that's just regular episodes. There's been like some bonus episodes and stuff. Yeah. Where we we, we have a, a series called Between Bombs where... I don't usually have a guest, but I'm talking about comedy specific things. You know, yeah. like I talk about creating uh, like uh, electronic press kits. We talk about submitting to festivals. We talk about writing set lists. Like there's a bunch of different things that we f- just focus in on. It seems like your show it would be great therapy for comics. And sometimes sort of, it is. For, for them to kind of like talk about their mm-hmm. experience. Is there, I know you just told us that story and it was amazing. Is there any story that you can think of from someone else's perspective of a bomb that you felt like, holy fuck, well, that was intense. Yeah, and I always like kind of refer to this episode because it is one of my favorite episodes as far as because of the bomb. Yeah. And it was a comic who I think he's in LA. I don't even think he does comedy anymore, but Andrew Deans, who was a, he used to, he was a comic here in San Diego. He helped with the Winston's, you know, the OB comedy show down there. Sure. At Winston's helped run the open mic and stuff. And he was on, it was episode 50. So it was like a, it was like a milestone episode and he was the guest and he was talking about, how he walked almost a thousand people at fourth and B. So like him and his, some other comedy friends in the San Diego area, Mm -hmm. they did like a co production thing where they, you know, it was like a showcase and they were all working together to like promote the show. Yeah. Do all the things they pretty much sold out the venue. And this venue could hold a thousand people. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they had like almost a thousand people there He's the second to last comedian, <laughs> and he just bombs so bad that he 
he's getting booed. People are leaving, and almost a thousand people left. And he felt so bad because there's still another comedian. Oh my oh. god! And that comedian has to go up now to mostly an empty room oh. because he walked most of these. Was people. he doing very like controversial stuff? I don't remember what he what kind of material he was doing. I'm sure like in the episode he probably talks about it, but it yeah. just to me the significant part is that he walked almost a that thousand is people crazy. out of one of the biggest venues in San Diego. Oh my god. <laughs> I think that the one thing that people don't understand about comedy, even music or or any sort of live performance is like if you think about the job that you do currently, whatever job that is, I don't care if you're an accountant or you're in PR you're, you're, I don't know, a, a web designer. If you had your entire audience look at you while you're working <laughs> and then go, nope, not into it, and just like leave. Yep. I think that would destroy you. Oh, absolutely. And somehow in comedy that happens and you go, well, I guess we'll do this again tomorrow. And it's like, what the yep. fuck is going and, on? And you're right. And that's the amazing thing because, you know, he told this story about this bomb. That's not what got him to quit comedy. He was still doing comedy <laughs> after that. Like, he still kept yeah. doing comedy. Wild. You know, like, I think uh, his career path or whatever, like, I don't, I don't know. I can't speak for Andrew. I don't know why, you know, like I said, I know he lives in the L.A. area. I don't, I don't know if he does comedy or not. I'm pretty sure he doesn't, and I don't know what the catalyst was for. But I know he, he you know, he ended up getting married, and he went to school, and he did like all these other things. Mm-hmm. So I can't speak for him. I don't know what you know. It's why gonna be really quit, sad but... if we find out Andrew is still doing comedy, <laughs> and you've just proclaimed that he doesn't. <laughs> that that is in fact Andrew, the worst. If you're listening, <laughs> I apologize. Welcome back. Welcome I, back. Well, I. I good, can't to see you. Keep, good to see you back in the industry. I can't keep up with everybody. That's <laughs> the thing. <laughs> you had one. Was it uh, Charlie Daniel or Charles Daniel? Uh, um, is there like a Charles Charlie I Daniel? I, I wish I interviewed Char, uh, Charlie. Daniels. Or there was some Charles person that that you had on. You mean the Charles Daniel band? Yeah, Wait, I know, I'll right? find it. Like, that'd be amazing. Yeah. Uh, the, there was some guy that you had on, which was pretty. He ended up the the end of it was that he took a he said like he took a shot and then kind of told the audience like fuck you. It was, I think it was Charlie something. I forget what. But but he basically had a, a nightmare situation as a comic where you dream of like, what if the audience all conspires together and hates me? And then who I forget the guest name, but he the, he had that where it's like the whole audience was almost against him from start to finish. And then he was the one that basically went off on them and said, like, your closer was one of New York Time, or like oh, Times Magazine's oh, best that's closer. Chad Daniels. Oh, Chad Daniels. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but because to me, when yeah, I'm getting no, ready Chad for a Chad Daniels. Sh- okay. Yeah. Where he. He tricked him into believing like his closer was like the best closer. It's very funny because and, I think yeah. all comics have this like weird intrusive thought that usually never comes true where it's like, what if just by chance tonight there's an audience that they've all agreed to like hate me hate, and not laugh yeah. at me yeah. and then never happens. But then he had that happen. Like it really oh, kind of did. Like, and I think about that as a comedian, Brian Simpson, who is a comedian who started <laughs> in love San him, Diego, yeah. amazing blowing up. I love him. He has a great joke and bit about how, Sometimes, you know, he, you know, because he has this joke about going on to WebMD and to, oh, yeah. to figure out the symptoms. And then eventually, you know, the, the, the through line is that he's a special needs kid <laughs> and this is his make a wish. And I think about that all the time. It's a, just an amazing joke and amazing bit and i think about that myself as a comedian i'm like sometimes i'm on stage i'm like is this my make-a-wish like am i that <laughs> and I'm, am i the character like yeah. in that joke yes. yeah. is that 
Yeah. Did these people just come here to pretend to like me. Yeah. <laughs> because I, this is my make a wish. I think a lot of times that's it, my whole life is it? Yeah. Really? Yeah, oh, yeah. I think people are just like, wow, way to go. <laughs> and then I also wrote down something I wanted to talk with you guys about is that I think sometimes, like, when I'm watching other comics do their show, sometimes to me, like, the funniest stuff that is, like, very, very, very funny doesn't hit with like a bigger audience. Like I, I was just at a show the other day and a woman was singing about dust. Like she was just like dust. And then she was like, like she was talking about how with dust, like you don't know, but you're ingesting your friends because dust is made of skin and hair. Oh, and stuff. Oh, and to God. me, that's so funny. Like it's very, oh. very funny. And then, like nothing crickets and then i got another guy gets up and talks about his like roommate's dog named bubbles and i'm like that's not that fucking funny at all but then that right. got a big laugh so it's to me like don't you think that sometimes bombing can some there's a difference i think between like bombing bombing and just people like not getting it because oh, it's too it, dark I or weird it's, it's, well in in the example that you give i don't think that it's a it's a too dark i think it's a gross really like See, the, i think that's I, funny to me, to me the idea of inhaling people's skin i love it sounds gross yeah 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 and i think the common audience probably thinks the same thing yeah like, because you know dark comedy a lot of our comedy that you don't you know that people might not get people will you know there's people that are like oh that you know there are audiences out there but like an example <laughs> like that i just feel like that's probably one of them things where when people do gross comedy you know, like totally. They're just like, eh, it's. Ugh. I think, and I think I feel like that example falls yeah. into that. It <laughs> might just be For, that they didn't think it was funny, but it's like, oh, that's gross. And why did you make me aware of see, that? See, I love because that. Now, <laughs> every time they take in a, a dust breath, cloud, <laughs> there or a dust cloud comes, they're gonna be like, oh man, I just inhaled my friend Fred. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> but I, also, I love it. I, I also it. think like that's how I decide who my friends are gonna be. Is is like. I say something or something is said, we all laugh at it and we're like, yeah, that was fucking twisted or that was like really gross. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I don't want, I don't like poop humor or like dick humor really. Right. It's not really my thing. But when something's said that's so horrible and then the other person in the room laughs, I'm like, okay, well that's my person. Yeah, right yeah, there. yeah, yeah. And I think that's the thing is like, that sounds like a room full of my mom. Right. Like, well, I don't want to think about that. It's right. Like, well, you're taking life too seriously. Right. You're way oh, too serious about every situation. And you need to, like, calm the fuck down and just enjoy the fact that you are breathing your friends in. And I know? always try to yeah, if I see but a comic. I also think that with that, it ha also has to do with how you're delivering. It. Right. And she delivered it way funnier than I was saying it. But no, yeah, no, but I'm saying you d you said she delivered it in a song. She was There's, dancing. She was like so dust. People <laughs> probably are like watching that and their reaction is like what the fuck is happening? Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I like, like that. There's confusion to that, which is, you know, if that's the reaction they're going for, but as an audience member, they're just like, what is even happening? They get confused like, and it's hard to like really appreciate it because they're like, what is this? You I don't know, know right. if this exists, but I I want to listen to this is a uh, a podcast or something where people are breaking down why a joke doesn't work, not why it does. Right. There are, there are podcasts why a, a joke does work, but are there any where it's like, okay, this joke happened and it didn't work at all. So here are three funny three other comedians so, to talk about how to make it better. Yeah, yeah. This is uh so that's called the art of bombing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the whole Check premise is talking about how jokes and sets don't work. <laughs> yeah, but do you but talk yeah, about I how to know. make them better? 
Do you well, ever give I mean, suggestions on? Okay, sometimes I do. It depends on who the guest is. Like when I'm talking to comedians that are that have less experience than yeah. I do, sometimes I will be like, "Well, did you ever think about this or whatever?" Yeah. But then when it's somebody that I know that has more experience in, than me, I might, I, you know, I ask them. I always ask what you what you tried to take away from the set that sure. you talk about or like what are the things you learned from that? What do you try to do to prevent it from happening in the future? Sure. But I'll ask questions about that and how, you know, like try to get them to talk about it to, you know, to share that knowledge essentially of sure. what they took away from it and break it down. In your roster of over 200 episodes, you got to talk with Alonzo Bowden, right? I did. That was one of the cool episodes. That was one of my favorite episodes, even though I was a fanboy. And it wasn't. But I it, love that you call that. You you owned it because I heard oh, you I totally talking about it. That's cool. Because the same thing is on the radio. I got to talk to Adam Carolla, like my hero. And I was like, I am spastic. I am crazy. <laughs> but it's like, I'm sorry, everyone, like, we should all be so lucky to be so excited about people that we get to yeah, talk to. And, you know, absolutely. it's not embarrassing to me. I mean, no, it is embarrassing. He was but... like one of my favorite comedians before I did comedy. Like, yeah. I loved Last Comic Standing before I was even a comedian. And I, you know, I'm big fan. Of, and that's how I discovered him. And it was like, oh, this is amazing. I get to actually talk to this guy that I've been, you know, watching before I even wanted to do comedy. Yeah. And it was just amazing. And, well, I did fanboy. I was also just coming down from a cold and stuff. So, like, <laughs> I had a couple factors, but it was mostly I was just fanboying. See, that's like, cool. Ah! And then for episode two. And episode 200, you had the great late Louis Anderson, who like is a I've uh, been lucky to have friends open up for him and I've got to be backstage with them. And he's always I got to see how encouraging Mm -hmm. he is to younger comics or, you know, just comics that are working with him. And he really is one of those people that seemed like he was for uh, real, like like the the nicest, sweetest person. Uh, he's a comedian that I wish I would have got to meet in person. I'm I'm very blessed and lucky that I got to do the, mm-hmm. the episode with him. We did it remotely uh, because he is. He's so encouraging. And if you're listening to this and if you're a comedian or thinking about comedy or you love comedy, that is probably one of the best episodes to listen to because he gave such great advice. He gave so many gifts of, com- you know, as far as like advice and insight in comedy. He just is the sweetest person, but like the some of the stuff that he said just is like wow, really? That's, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, and you think about it, he had like forty years of experience. Yeah. yeah, you know, and that was one of the coolest things. He started comedy in on October tenth, nineteen seventy eight. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I was born October eleventh, nineteen seventy eight. He had been doing comedy as long as I've been alive. Wow. <laughs> and we talked about it on the podcast because I brought it up. I was like, because that's amazing. He'd been doing comedy over 40 years. So the insight that he has, and he's just like one of the sweetest people. Mm-hmm. He's just so nice and just like so encouraging to people. I want people to go check you out. So can we tell people? how they can go even listen to this Louis Anderson episode and other episodes. Oh, absolutely. Where do they find you? What's your Instagram? What's the podcast? Give it to them. Give it to them. Woo. Oh, man. This is where you can tell that I've been doing this a while because <laughs> I'm going to go into promotion. Do mode. it. We, yeah. And go. <laughs> All right. For everything Dan Bublitz Jr. Comedy, you can go to danbublitzcomedy.com. <laughs> You've done this before? Right. I have done okay, that. Okay, okay. I have. I have. It's danbublitzcomedy.com. 
That is my website. That is where I put all my show to, show dates. You can you know buy merch, do the thing. You can find the podcast, all the stuff. I'm also on all social media platforms at D Bublitz Comedy. And just for the listeners, Bublitz is spelled B U B L I T Z. If you spell it the fun way, if you spell it B O O B, mm. I don't promise what you'll find. But that's on you. Bublix. So. <laughs> yeah, Bublitz. You're <laughs> going to find a whole different thing if you spell it the fun way. Uh, but I'm on all social media at Bublitz Comedy. You can find my podcast, the Art of Bombing Podcast. It's Art of Bombing Pod on all social media platforms. You can find it wherever you listen to podcasts. It's on Spotify. It's on Apple. It's on Amazon. It's on Google. It's wherever you get it. You can also go to artabombingpod.com and find all, you know, places to listen to it as well. You so. do a great job. And you just, did you just do like a little tour, like a kind of a mini tour? Are you about to do that? What's I'm it called? That. Like I'm, running, I mean, Dan running around or something? I'm doing that right now. That's why I'm in San Diego. Oh, I'm, okay. I'm Wonderful. Kinda doing, I'm kind of doing a mini tour right now. Uh, I have done a lot of tours. I also have a comedy album that just came out. So that's awesome. Look at yeah, you. Last week. Where did they get that? Ago. You can find that uh, on Amazon, Apple. It's streaming on uh, Pandora, Spotify. <laughs> What's I'd it called? rather you buy it because if you want to support an independent artist, that's the best way. Buying it directly, not streaming it because we don't make shit from streams. <laughs> It does help, you know, probably algorithms, but if you could buy it, that'd be great. Uh, but it is called Strangers in My Basement, and it is an album that I recorded in my basement <laughs> when I lived in St. Paul. Awesome. I uh, turned my basement essentially into a comedy club, and, and Strangers came to my basement for this comedy show. That's awesome. And Fun. I recorded it, and we released it, and it, it's fantastic. So That is so cool. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a fun time. You're awesome, well, Thank man. you so much. I feel like we've swindled you for the whole day. I'm like, just come for a quick 35 minutes, and it's been yeah. like 17 hours. It's true. Said. It's true. I know you. Deep I can and keep true. talking I have forever. All, we'll ever, have you ever. on again at some point. <laughs> we love you, man. Thanks for being here. That was Thank really great. You. Thanks for having me. This was so much this fun. This was so much fun. That was so much fun. I love yeah. that one very quick to me. He's a good guy. He is a super good guy. Yeah. He's also, I mean, by the time you hear this, it will have ended, but I like how he comes to visit in San Diego and then is very like, boom, I have a show here. Have a show here. He's a, a very a uh, go getter. Yeah. He's yeah. like when you hold an arrow back from a bow and then fling it. I feel like that's Dan Bublitz. <laughs> and the arrow hits its target. So anyway, listen to the Art of Bombing podcast. Three years ago, I was on it. So if you could find that episode, you could listen to it. Also, Louis Anderson was on there. Yeah. Wow. Louis Anderson and I were on the same episode. That's crazy. Yeah. We're both bombed at one yeah. point. <laughs> we all have. We all have. Okay. So thank you guys so much. We'll see you next time. This episode of Campfire Shit Show was produced by Bo Hufford and Meryl Climo. It was edited by Bo Hufford, and the theme song was composed and sang by your friendly camp director, me, PB and J. If you've got a question or you want to be the next camper of the week, Email us at campfireshitshow at gmail.com. Say hi to Bo and Merrill on Instagram at campfireshitshow. And please don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. Well, kids, it's time to pack up the camp and put out the fire. But don't you worry. We'll see you soon on another episode of the Campfire Shit Show. <laughs>